Hey, CM. What's up? Welcome to Big Five Pod. Swung on a drill deep to right field. There it goes. See ya. First into the air. Oh. Drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 61 of the Big Fly Pod with your co-hosts, Vinny D'Amato, CM, and t Lude. CM has made his return. He's back on. He's got the night off from the 17 other jobs that he has. Vinny's got a new mic. He's got new headphones. Everything is better. And you know why it's better? Because CM's with us. CM, what's going on, dude? How are you? What's up, boys? I'm good. I finally have a night that I can hop on, so I figured I might as well take advantage of it when I can. We are so excited to have you, dude. Vinny, it's good to have CM back on. little change of pace, a lot of knowledge. Guy's a valuable player. Don't disagree with that at all. And I think the most exciting thing for me is CM is also now part of our Fantasy Baseball League. Shout outs, shout outs. All four of us are going to be competing. Can only be one winner. They take home bragging rights. So super psyched because you have Kame. And then we have, uh, of course, us. And then you also have Mark. Mark Waldron. Yes. Which is a which is a really key piece. This entire deal, because this guy could either he he's either going to go on the upslope or it's going to be a twirl down the hill real quick that's how it works with mark we know that we just know that that's how he works yeah i haven't uh like i was telling you i haven't talked to him in years so this is kind of a a little bit of a blast from the past for me maybe one year we get barker involved maybe one year we get uh we just start picking guys guys out from the other league yeah Yeah. free agent pool of how 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 many guys can you have in your league how many guys could you max out i mean i've seen leagues with 30 30 teams CM, could you imagine? I don't. I bringing over the other league would be. I mean, we're talking live tour versus PGA right now, man. Are we talking about a merger? That would be a big, uh, a big, (laughs) big league right there. Thirty teams, but that would be a good test of test of skill Mm -hmm. for a lot of everybody really to have to sort through, especially on the pitching. Would be epic. It would be the longest draft. I've ever been a part of that can't be a slow draft. That would have to be, you got to pick guys pretty quick. I mean, yeah, but that'd be a long, not slow draft. I mean, 30 teams, you got what? 60 roster spots. It's a long draft. We'll see. I mean, we go on details when we get there, but yeah. Excited to talk some baseball. There's about a lot of big stuff happening there. Yeah. You talk about big stuff. We're talking about big extension. Holy cow. Bobby Witt Jr. boys signs a massive, massive extension with the Kansas City Royals. They agreed to an 11 year, $288 million extension today, an average AAV of $26.2 million per year. Now, a few notes on the deal that's going to kind of bring in some conversation around the deal. Okay. So it does include player opt outs between 2031 and 34. Uh, when he'd actually be 
uh, at his age, 31 to 34 season. So he'll have that opportunity to opt out. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then on the back half of that deal, uh, it turns into club options. If all those player options are, of course, picked up by Bobby Witt between 2035 and 2037. So if he does agree to those, uh, you know, agrees not to opt out, the team agrees to those uh, years later in the contract, which at this at that time, I could expect them probably to easily pick that up. We're looking at boys a actual total value of 14 years for $377 million, officially the largest contract in Royals history. CM, you're back on, buddy. You deserve the opportunity to give your thoughts on this. Right now, looking at it, do you think, one, obviously you probably like the deal, but one, just give your thoughts, and two, isn't it kind of interesting that he agreed to those player opt-outs when it gets to age 31? Um, I don't know. I mean, well, I'll start with the first question was I think it's a, a solid, super solid deal, obviously, for both teams or both sides of the deal. Um, I mean, the Royals locked down a guy who's going to be their true shortstop for a while. And which leads me to point two of I think having those opt-outs after 31 is going to be mutually beneficial as it gets to be later in the deal. Because at that point, you know, you're looking, he's 23 right now, I, I think. So eight years in, if you can probably keep him as a true shortstop for eight years, but after that becomes a little bit of a question mark, I feel like guys that have been in the league for a while, you see start declining around that eight, nine year mark playing at that position. So then it becomes, do we want to keep him here or do we want to move him over to third base, which is what we've seen in the past with some of those shortstops as they get older, start shifting over into more of a third base slot or a second base slot. Um, you know, very rarely do you get the Brandon Crawfords who, can last or the Jeters who can last their whole career at short. So when that time comes, I think the Royals put themselves in a good position to say, here's our plan is if it needs to be decided there, we can move you over to third. Do you want to stay and play third? And you're going to be, you know, he'll be the face of the franchise. Um, I mean, he already, arguably kind of is you know having salvi there makes it a little bit questionable but once you hit that point i think that that's a good thing for the royals because then if he says no i want to stick it shortstop so i'm going to opt out and try and go elsewhere then they're not going to be tied down for that um all of that money later but if he agrees to stay then you keep seeing the increase in revenue for merchandise and ticket sales and everything else, which works out in their benefit, I think. So overall, I think the Royals, obviously, because of the talent that he is right now and trying to build around him, put themselves in a really good position for the next few years. But I think looking at it from a long-term perspective, I also think that they probably win the deal more so than Witt actually wins the deal. Vinny, the Royals put an exclamation point on their offseason, man. It has been so fun to watch, reassuring probably as a fan of the Royals that, man, it's been rough 
for a few years here. And not only do you build the team up, you show that you want to spend money. You're also proving to the city that you want that new stadium, which rightfully so good for them to say, okay, well, if you want, if you want to want us to show it and prove it, we'll do that right now. And then bam, they give their best young, one of the best young superstars in the game, uh, a deal to hopefully be a Royal for the rest of his career. Vinny, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, Christian said it best about he's probably already the face of the franchise and he is one of the faces of the MLB, right? Let's just be serious about that. He is young. He's 23 years old and dude has power. Dude has speed. He's just such an exciting guy to watch. Uh, the thing that I found most interesting about this deal is um, obviously the money is huge, but after 2025, the Kansas City Royals will only have two guaranteed player salaries on their I'm sorry actually neither of them are guaranteed they have Seth Lugo with a player option and Salvador Perez with the club option and that is it that is all the money that they are going to be paying in 2025 uh, 2026 so this sets them up for a nice amount of money to have to spend around that time I wouldn't be surprised if this time next year they're agreeing to Contracts similar with Vinny P, MJ Melendez, Michael Garcia, Cole Reagans. I mean, they're going to lock some of these guys up for the next 10 years and they're going to compete. So good for them. I, you know, it's a great deal for both sides and super psyched to, uh, to see Bobby Witt as a Royal. Yeah. He's going to be an absolute, uh, while we are in uh fantasy league all together in, in multiple leagues together. Uh, I won't tell you my strategy, but. Bobby Witt would look really nice on my team. And I really want to get Bobby Witt. But don't tell anybody I said that. Because you know why yeah. this guy's getting an extension, dude? He's a former number two overall pick. He's got all that pressure around him. Not only just in his second big league season, he had 276 with 30 home runs and almost 50 bags. Like, he also finished seventh in AL MVP voting. So people are sitting here wondering why they're doing this. Look at what the Braves did. Look how valuable that is now to their entire team. They're able to play with money at many different angles versus trying to sign this guy in his you know last year before he goes into free agency and they got to give a massive deal, right? Bobby Witt doesn't have to worry about money for the rest of his life. His family never has to worry about money for multiple generations. So I couldn't agree more with what they did here. Everybody kind of heard that it was coming. Uh, and then there were rumblings over the last few days that this was about to go down. You just sign a cornerstone player, man. And CM brought up a good point earlier, too, where you can move this guy around. He doesn't have to be that shortstop for all 11, 14 years, whatever number of years he's on a deal with the Royals. He can move around the infield, and that gives you a lot of flexibility to keep those younger guys, let those younger guys come on up, draft. Uh, you're still going to probably... You know, hopefully this year they're not drafting in the first, you know, five picks like they normally are, but you never know, you know, how these years can go, especially with them, uh, you know, having, you know, some older arms, but they are a threat to win the AL Central. And I think this is really a good sign to the rest of the organization that, hey, we're, we're here to stay for a long time. And I'm very, very happy with that. Uh, did you boys have anything else to add? There was something that I found pretty funny. Uh, there was a picture floating around. I don't know if you know what spot track is. It's a website where they, you know, can break down some contracts and things and spot track showed the length of the, the Royals deal. Right. And every year 
they have the little Royals logo, you know, 2030, 2031. And then the last two years, someone messed up and they put the Cubs logo. So maybe there's an option where the Cubs get Bobby Witt Jr. in 2037 and 2038 with a club option. Who knows? Maybe that's in the deal and it just wasn't discussed, but would love to have Bobby Witt on the Chicago Cubs. So I'm going to say that that's what the we're deal not a biased is. podcast. We're not no, a biased no, not podcast. We're not. No, just, I just don't yeah, see no. how people think we are, if I'm being honest with you. Right, Sam? Yeah, definitely not. There's no no Cubs bias at all. None. None at uh or anti white at, 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 at all. At all. No yeah. logos, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> all right, boys. Well, hey, I I did my first solo show last Friday. Uh incredibly nerve-wracking. Uh, I don't recommend it if you're trying to have a relaxing day in your life. Um or Thursday, whatever. I, I can't remember when I did it. It was, uh, it felt like a years ago, but boys, a massive trade went down that I do want to get your thoughts on. Corbin Burns was traded the Orioles, uh, for infield prospect, Joey Ortiz, left-handed pitcher, DL Hall in the 34th pick in the upcoming draft from, or going to the Brewers. So this was, I mean, literally 24 to 48 hours after the whole, Ownership news came out that the new um, new group was going to be coming in, the private equity group that has just billions and billions of dollars to spend. And a lot of, obviously, Orioles fans thinking that this is the greatest 48-hour span that they've had in a very, very long time. So I'll start with you, CM. What were your thoughts on the deal and from both sides? Um, I mean, I think that Milwaukee – shipped him at the right time um i mean probably could have shipped him a little bit earlier and got a bigger haul in return for sure um but i think that they did a good enough job at getting some prospects that they probably need in order to have an immediate impact on that team especially with hall because you know you're now losing a starter woodruff's still in free agency so who knows what that's going to do so it gives a little bit of a cushion there but i don't think that the return was probably as valuable as maybe they thought it was um and and a lot of that is likely because burns just has one year left on a contract and then hits free agency. Um, so maybe not so much performance last year, but signability moving forward and being able to ink a long-term deal. Um, but from Baltimore also, I think I've, I said on our first off season podcast that pitching depth was going to be their big key that they were going to have to hit in order to try and make a push later on. And they went out and they got, you know, a, top 10 arm probably um in the game so that's good for them too i suppose (laughs) i i'm struggling over here my uh my mic or my headphones went sideways i'm stepping on things i'm a disaster i'm a disaster but you know what's actually not a disaster is the brewers payroll moving forward, right? Because now looking at it, Yelich is the only big deal that goes on until 2030 when he becomes a free agent 
uh, that year. But other than that, Hoskins is a player option next year. Probably going to up. To, uh, he's probably going to opt out of that and go into free agency. Wade Miley's a mutual option. You know, Cheerios obviously signed for the foreseeable future. Aaron Ashby's got a few years as well. But other than that, man, they got a lot of money to play. I know right now they just ranked number two uh, in, in in with their farm system in, across all of baseball. They. They, they, I, I agree with you, CM, where, yeah, they probably, if they wanted to do something like this, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't do it a little bit earlier. I think Reese Hoskins is still a really, really good signing because you just add a really nice veteran bat who could potentially put up 30 home runs. So he, in my opinion, while people looked at it and said, well, you know, we thought the other way where they were going to keep, uh, you know, Burns based on the fact of, you know, him, him, them signing Hoskins. When realistically so, like this lineup is still fairly solid and possibly could be the best lineup in the NL Central if the if the Reds don't take off or the Cardinals actually play really, really well. So, Vinny, what were your thoughts, buddy? I mean, this was this was massive news to drop, and I'm very, very glad that the Orioles did this. Yeah, I am too. I mean, you know, I guess first things first, the Orioles are AL favorites by a head you know, a good head and shoulders above everyone else. Like they already won a hundred games last year and now you're adding one of the three best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. You're, you're definitely on the way to being world series bound this upcoming year. So good on them. And the most important thing for the Orioles is they didn't move anyone, you know, any one of their really top prospect names, anyone that they were really relying on this year. Right. That was, I think the best thing is they moved from the depth of their depth, right? They have so many guys coming up. Great move for them. I am a fan of Joey Ortiz. I think uh, eventually he'll slot into shortstop. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the Brewers move on from Adamas. So keep an eye out for that. I could see him having quite a bit of trade value. Um, but the thing I don't understand, and you know, we've roasted a few teams about this this uh, off season. What are the Brewers doing? Are they like? competing or are they not they seem to be straddling this fence right they signed hoskins oh they must be going for it now you trade away burns and your best pitcher is freddie peralta which okay but then your sp2 is wade miley like <laughs> you got nothing after that and so i'm just i'm so confused on what they're trying to accomplish um, i'm sure they're going to let some of their young guys get some leash and play but um just kind of a weird place to be a brewers fan yeah i you know, they kind of sold Burns for what feels like 80 cents on the dollar, right? Like they didn't get his full value, but, you know, at the same time, they didn't really want to sit on him. You know, we knew that there was bad blood coming into it last year and, uh, you know, that only got worse and worse as the season went on. So um, we'll see how it plays out for the Brewers. But yeah, huge win for the Orioles. I mean, not that it's a loss for the Brewers per se, but I wouldn't say it's a win, uh, but it is a 100% a win for the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the one thing that I'm really interested to see this year now with the Brewers making all these moves is a guy like Jacob Mizorowski. You know, he just got voted to have an 80 grade fastball, uh, and also to DL Hall. And I know that they're going to try out DL Hall as a starter. We'll see how that plays out. Just because he's been such an, uh, in my opinion, he hasn't. I mean, he had a really, really great year last year. I think he's going to be a very elite bullpen arm and it scares me that the 
Brewers still have this good of a bullpen. Uh, they, I mean, it really is, Vinny. It's solid. Now, of course, you have to have the starting rotation in order to set up the bullpen to put them in a good position, rightfully so. So, um, you know, now people are saying, like, you know, are the Brewers now looking to sign a guy like, you know, Jordan Montgomery? I mean, Blake Snell would be sort of a stretch, but I don't foresee them doing something like this. I think that they're a team, though, that will still hang around this year. You lose your your ace, which sucks. The rotation will be the biggest question. And so I'm thinking Mizorowski maybe towards the latter half of this year. So you got to figure something out for those first couple of months. I'd, yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see Robert Gasser, too. He's another one. Um, yeah, like you mentioned. One thing I, I saw, too, and I forget who quoted it, and I apologize that I can't give them credit, but something that they brought up or that we, we saw do you remember when we had Sean on the podcast and he brought up um, Eno Saris and the stuff plus metric, right? So stuff plus just essentially measures how good is your stuff, right? Yeah. Like, he was on the just baseball fastball. show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How good is your fastball? How good is your curveball? All this stuff. That is what your stuff is. And the three pitchers who had the top stuff plus at the second half of last year, Corbin Burns, Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish, all three Orioles pitchers. They're loaded, dude. Isn't that insane? like it's... they already have a phenomenal offense? And now you're going to have one of like probably one of the best, if not the best pitching staff in baseball. So just a force, an absolute force. Good for them, too, to say like last year, like in that playoff series against Texas, what were they missing? They were missing a veteran starter at the top. And they needed somebody, and they got him in Corbin Burns. CM, any uh, last thoughts here before we move on to the White Sox? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know that the reaction for the Orioles to become immediate favorites in that lead, well, not just the division, but in the AL, I think might be a little bit of a stretch. I think they've got a couple too many holes. Um, still in that rotation and through the bullpen that I think need to get figured out. Cause I, I think there's still a couple of rotations in the American league that go above Baltimore. Um, but that's an interesting metric that stuff. Plus I've never heard of that before, but that's pretty interesting that it's all three of those guys and Rodriguez and they have Dean Kramer too, who has good stuff as well. <laughs> Yeah, CMO and I mean, plus. I definitely it. like, you know, just I haven't dove into any of them lately, but like Seattle's rotation, I would say is probably is much better than Baltimore's. Um, and there's some lineups that I think are better. I just I said that because I think they have the fewest amount of holes compared to most. Of, and, you know, again, I could dive into it and I haven't. So maybe it was just a quick, you know, I, I just said it because I'm excited for this team. But uh, yeah, I I really do think that they're going to have one of the best, if not the best season in the American league. So we'll see. I, you know, we'll dive into some of the other teams as we go, but I'm excited for this team. Last thing I'll say too, about the AL East, right? We thought about it. We, you know, the Yankees obviously got better. I, I don't care what people say. They got better with Juan Soto. They add one of the greatest bats to their lineup. That team is better. The Red Sox will get to in a little bit. Uh, not, not looking, not looking up whatsoever, focusing more on Liverpool. Um, the Rays, 
will do the Rays, right? And then you got the Blue Jays. So we actually are diving into the Red Sox real soon, from what I understand, correct? Oh, yes. Yes, that is on uh, CM's agenda. He actually has that uh, coming up here very shortly. Let's talk about the other Sox, the White Sox boys. Okay, which uh, our boy KMA was on. We'll just discuss this really quickly. Uh, the White Sox made two trades this last week. We're going to talk about uh, the first one here with them acquiring outfield prospect Dominic Fletcher from uh, Fletcher, excuse me, from the Arizona Diamondbacks right-hander Christian Mania. The other trade that they made is that they traded reliever Gregory Santos to the Mariners for two prospects and the 69th pick in the 2024 draft. The players coming over are right-handed pitching prospect Prelander Baroa and outfield prospect Zach Deloach. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, boys. I don't know too much about these guys. I didn't have enough time to go into deep detail. Uh, Santos gave up a game-winning home run to Christopher Morrell. I uh, just wanted to remind everyone of that. Good good reminder. Not, yeah. not a biased podcast, but uh, this just screams to me that Chris Getz is like, I'm going to just tear everything down, and we're going to do it my way, and it's my way or the highway. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, Dominic Fletcher, you know, he's kind of a journeyman. You know, I guess he's only 26. I thought he was older, but um, feels like he's been around for a little bit. Just nothing too exciting there. I will say I do like Prelander Baroa. I think that was a good grab for them. Um, but the White Sox just have so many holes. They have a horrible bullpen. They're starting pitching lacking it's, it's quite a, it's a bit. a bad bullpen, man. It's a bad. Yeah, I mean, right now, Fangrass has Dominic Fletcher as their starting right fielder. And like, I just I don't like this team and how they're built right now. So, yeah, they must be. Hopefully they're tearing it down. Hopefully, you know, I really hope Luis Robert gets traded because I have some shares of him in fantasy. God, yeah. I hate having him on such a bad team. But yeah, a lot of question marks, um, but a lot of guys that I'm right like that I'm rooting for. So we'll see. See ya. Well, Deloach is a guy that we talked about last year um, when we were doing these kind of team rundowns and talking about a couple prospects from each team. When he was with Seattle, he was one of the ones that we had highlighted, T. Lou, of a guy who could maybe see some time last year, but it would probably wind up being this year, I think, is what we had predicted. Um, obviously, thought it would be with Seattle, didn't think it would be with the White Sox, but he's a guy who I think could come in and work his way into that middle of that lineup and actually be a pretty, pretty good bat in there behind the likes of Robert and Vaughn and maybe Eloy um, as well. And I think he'll, he would be able to command that third outfield spot for them um, maybe right away, if not a little bit into the season. But I think that's a, actually a pretty good get um for them but kind of like you guys were saying you know it's still not the the piece that's going to put the puzzle together and there's still a long way to go i think down on the south side of chicago yeah and you know we talked about it earlier cm when you said maybe a little bit too uh too soon for them to trade corbin burns from milwaukee the white Sox have to be looking at that trade. I know that Dylan Cease is not Corbin Burns. The numbers actually don't say that Dylan Cease is a top-of-the-line starter. He's had He had a tough year last year. He's really going to have to step it up this year. This is just my opinion. But 
they got two years left of control of him. If he's not gone by this deadline, dude, like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's uh tear it down, man. Just tear it down. Yeah, I know. It's a weird, a weird thing that they're keeping him. But like you said, I mean, they have a couple years of control on him, which makes his asking price a little bit higher. And, you know, they might not, it's kind of a win-win for Chicago. I mean, they either get to keep him for a couple years and possibly get him to stay a little bit longer, depending on what they wind up doing, or they bump him now and try and go through another whole rebuild again, um, like they did a couple years ago, making some of those big trades. And the one thing I will say that Cease has going for him is he's been pitching like he hasn't thrown less than 165 innings in the last three seasons. So, you know, the best availability is durability. And if I'm a team looking to contend and I have some prospect capital, he's kind of the guy I would want to go for. Now, a lot of people think that the Brewers kind of got fleeced with this Burns trade and you know, maybe they didn't sell it a hundred percent, but I got to imagine the White Sox are trying to squeeze every last penny that they can for this trade. Um, you know, so that they can come out winners, get someone that they really feel confident in moving forward in their organization with. Yeah. I, I, I literally, I, I'm serious. Chris gets good for you, man. Just, just mm-hmm. going after it full throttle. <laughs> Talk about the full throttle here in a little bit. Um, but this is, I, I, if I'm a Sox fan, I'm saying thank you. Like, just get this over with. I mean, there, dude, there's going to be so much talent coming in the draft in the next coming years. Like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be yeah. fine. Last couple details here, boys. Just, uh, the Giants traded veteran starting pitcher Ross Stripling to the A's with cash for outfield prospect Jonah Cox. We can all agree. Uh, we, we send our prayers to Ross Stripling. Uh, closer Ken Giles. I call him a closer because I feel like weird if he's anywhere else, but he's obviously going to be uh, fighting for a bullpen spot this year. He signed with the Braves on a minor league deal, so we'll see if he comes in back into the fold. Uh, another reliever news, uh, Ryan Brazier is re-signing with the Dodgers. That just came out today from John Heyman. And then finally, Theo Epstein returns to the Boston Red Sox. He'll join the Fenway Sports Group as a senior advisor. He won't be involved in personnel decisions. Okay. But it's a good, uh, it's obviously a good thing anytime you got the OF scene in the fold. Um, and I love that. He won't be involved in personnel decisions. Well, he's he's joining Fenway Sports Group. He's not he's not joining as a GM or you know, a vice president of baseball operations or anything like that. But I Chris Breslow probably should maybe get his maybe a couple key pointers from Theo. So yeah. We love Theo in Chicago, but we're yeah, not biased. We're not biased. Not no. I don't even know why we mention it anymore. Like I don't even know why we even talk about it. So, well, boys, we're going to turn it on over here to our next segment, folks. If you're tuning in for this episode, we're going to roll into a new episode, which will be discussing the Boston Red Sox and an additional episode on top of that. We'll be talking about the New York Mets as we roll through our 2024 Outlook series. Looking forward to talking to you here again soon.